We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Welcome to the Vandal Insider Podcast, presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Get the latest information on University of Idaho athletics you won't find anywhere else with the Vandal Insider Podcast. From in-depth conversations to game previews, the Vandal Insider is every fan source for all things Idaho athletics. Now, here is your host, Chris Keene. Another big week for Vandal Athletics, and here we are with another edition of the Vandal Insider Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Again, we'd like to tip our cap to our presenting sponsor before we get things rolling, Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. When he's not caring for the Vandals, his team physician, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood, provides the same MVP orthopedic care to our entire region. At Inland Orthopedics, our team is your team. Another packed show that we have planned. We'll be joined by Keaton Galogli. does a fantastic job as the voice of the Montana State Bobcats. We'll get a preview from the Montana State side of things for the big showdown at the P1FCU Kibbe Dome this Saturday. Another top 10 clash for the Vandals. It's the number two Montana State Bobcats. They'll be making their way to the Palouse. The Vandals had the bye week. I know chomping at the bit to get back in action after suffering that tight loss to Montana. So a huge matchup this weekend in Moscow. And uh, just because the Vandal football team had a bye this last week, doesn't mean that there weren't some really, really important matchups taking place at the P1FCU Kibbe Dome. We'll talk Vandal soccer as they were able to beat Northern Colorado on Friday. It was senior weekend, senior day, a dramatic one to nothing shutout over Northern Arizona. The Vandal soccer team, the two seed as they now turn their attention to the Big Sky Conference tournament. They will be down in Flagstaff. They will take take on the winner of number three, Portland State, number six, Idaho State. Those are the seeds. They'll take on the winner in the semifinals. And then Montana, the number one seed there on the other side of the bracket. Uh, if Montana emerges, NEU emerges, Sac State emerges, team could potentially meet in the championship game. So a couple of, of great uh, Vandals will be joining us. We'll talk to two of those standout members of the Vandal soccer team, Margot Schessler and also Alyssa Peters. Those two have been outstanding. They're right at the tippy top of the Big Sky Conference assists per game and they're also both in the top 10 for games played in program history they're seniors they were honor on senior day 
But with the, just the way it worked out for when they started their eligibility, that started during that COVID year. So we'll talk to them about it. But uh, uh, good news on that front. If uh, if you're excited to see them play beyond whatever happens in uh, in Flagstaff in a Vandal uniform, we'll talk about uh, that more with them but first we're joined by chris hammond from the vsf chris always good to see you uh it was a buy this last week for the vandals but there was still some intriguing action taking place from around the big sky vandal fans got to see the next opponent montana state on a national stage it was a matchup they played sacramento state they got the victory so montana state uh keeps on rolling that's kind of the big highlight from around the big sky this week yeah, we touched touched on it uh, last week, but all these games were kind of similar teams, and you saw a lot of, like I said, really good games. We kind of called that this might be the most entertaining from back to front end of football, and Sac State, Montana State lived up to the height. I mean, they were on ESPN2 as well, following up our show. Uh, they Bobcats ended up winning by 12, but if you watch that game, I mean, Sac State never really uh, took the lead, I don't believe, but they were kind of in it the entire time, just kind of playing catch-up and you know, the Bobcats showed why they're number two and Sac State's number four. They were just a little bit better than Sacramento State. Uh, it was enjoyable to watch us with the bye week this weekend and to kind of see a, a team that we had conquered at home and then our next opponent at home coming in. And, you know, everything I saw from the Bobcats is what I expected. It's going to be a tough challenge this weekend. They look good, but, uh, you know, we have a great opportunity in front of us. And the team that has been kind of the surprise in the big sky. Oh, and yeah. I think this has uh, been one of the themes we've talked about is what a great home schedule this is this year for the Vandals. So one more uh, guaranteed home game after this week this year, and that's when Idaho wraps up the regular season hosting Idaho State. Who knows if uh, the P1FCU Kibbe Dome uh, could be a, a spot for playoff action. We're keeping our fingers crossed for that. But Idaho State topping Portland State 38-24. to The Bengals under first-year coach Cody Hawkins now 3-4 and overall, but most importantly, 3-1 and in the big sky. So back-to-back weeks, some impressive wins over Eastern Washington and Portland State. That's been a, uh, an interesting story to kind of monitor. Yeah, Portland State really, after their big whooping by Oregon at the beginning of the year, kind of came on as that frisky team that might backdoor themselves in the playoffs. But here we sit coming into week nine and uh, you're looking at this and you got Montana State up top and then you got a three way tie for second place. Montana, Idaho and Idaho State, Idaho State just, I guess, gearing up for conference play and uh, it's going to be a fun one. I mean, can we get three straight sellouts in the Kibbe Dome? I know there's a handful of tickets left for Montana State, but we've got a couple weeks and Idaho State has a couple weeks to keep proving that that game at the end of the year could be just as big as this Montana State one. I mean, if we beat Montana State this week, Idaho State keeps winning out, that could be a de facto Big Sky Championship. A lot of football between now and then for both us, the Bengals, and the Bobcats. But, uh, you know, it's really cool to see that Idaho State kind of elevated this year, kind of like a year behind how we did, uh, because it's going to make that game at the end of the year so much more exciting. And you nailed it. I mean, this was a slam dunk home slate of games. Uh, I feel bad for the Vandal fans that didn't get season tickets. For the ones that got it, I don't think they're missing that fifth home game at the moment. These have been four incredible matchups, at least on paper for these next two. But the first two, for sure, lived up to the billing with close games to the wire. And, you know, we could have those for the last two. Seems like the best piece of advice, if you don't have your tickets to Montana State, I know it's uh, it's a limited number uh, as we speak right now. And then Idaho State, if you don't have your hands on tickets for that yet, uh, you want to get ready for that game coming up against the Bengals, which will, you know, be here before we know it. Again, there's a there's a big one this weekend, but that matchup, Senior Day, November 18th, against Idaho State kickoff at 4 o'clock Pacific time for that game. So the best thing you can, you can do is give the ticket office a call at number 208-885-6466. And just wrapping up the, the thought on where things are at in the big sky right now and talking about the Vandals having the bye this last week. Idaho State notching another impressive victory. You look at the top of the big sky, it's the Idaho schools and the Montana schools are at the very top. Montana State, they will make their way to the Palouse on Saturday, 4-0 and in conference play. Their only loss against the number one team in the country, South Dakota State, and one that went right down to the wire. We'll ask Keaton Gologly about that game coming up. Then you've got Montana 3-1, and Idaho 3-1. and Idaho State at three and one. So this is uh I don't think any uh fan in the state of Idaho or Montana would would complain about this is seeing these four schools ha- have such good seasons. Four founding members of the Big Sky Conference, original Big Sky headquarters, Boise, Idaho. I mean, this is 
when they dreamed up the big sky, screenshot those top four. They were the four that uh, most people thought would be in it, and it's very cool to see. I think you're right. The uh, inland mountain region of uh, the big sky is is looking very good this year, and it's cool to see as uh, somebody who's you know from Idaho and a fan of the Montana schools. And one other note before we uh, get to our interviews, Chris, I thought this was interesting, taking a look at the ratings. And again, maybe we don't have the full context, but this is from Sports Media Watch. And it's just always fun to to brag a little bit when uh, maybe uh, there are more uh, folks tuning in and more eyeballs on this Vandal program and on the P1FCU Kibbe Dome and on Moscow. But there were two big Sky games this year that were going to be aired on ESPN2, both the same time slot at 7.30 Pacific time. So I I do think that this is a pretty fair comparison. So when the Vandals hosted Montana at the P1FCU Kibbe Dome earlier in the month, that game drew an average of 241,000 viewers. Well, Sports Media Watch released the ratings for uh, the game between Montana State and Sac State, that game hosted by the Hornets. That matchup, same network, same time slot, drew an average of 140,000 viewers. It's kind of fun to maybe brag a little bit here, Chris, that uh, the Vandals and the the POFCU Kibbe Dome and, you know, Montana doesn't hurt having that as your opponent, but everything about that and how important that matchup was, so the Sac State-Montana State game was a crucial matchup as well, that it uh, it drew plenty of eyeballs. Oh, I, you're absolutely right. I mean, we touched on it last week with being the most watched game on ESPN2 for that day last week. You know, I don't think that if you looked at the historical numbers, this game between Sac State and Montana State is necessarily, you know, the worst game that the Big Sky has put on ESPN in terms of numbers. But I think you put, you know, the the world internet famous Kibbe Dome. You put the one of the name brands of the FCS in Montana. You put Idaho, who people are familiar with from the time in the FBS and their stints in the FCS. I mean, from a national audience, Montana, Idaho, trophy game, everything like that. I mean, it captured people around, uh, I think, the nation. Or, yeah, Montana State and Sac State on paper. It's two versus four. It's a great game. It's in it's a, it's in a major, not a major, but a metropolitan area in Sacramento, the capital of the state of California. Uh, you'd think it would also draw big numbers being, you know, in California, that kind of matchup. And yeah, I think it just goes to show how passionate Vandal and Grizzly fans are around the nation, how big a draws both those two teams are around the nation in the FCS. Because uh, Montana State and Sac State was still a, a well watched game but like you said almost a hundred thousand less people watching it because uh there's something about trophy games there's something about rivalry and there's something about the vandals and the grizz but i'm expecting uh, i wish espn plus had numbers because i think there's going to be a pretty good uh number we might touch that espn2 number this week for people tuning in to watch the vandals play the bobcats well, an interesting thing you say there is a draw, and I think it just goes to show for all the reasons you touched on, I mentioned before, that uh, even if you're a casual college football fan, uh, following the Vandals, it is a draw. This is a fun time for Vandal football. Everything that makes this program great and unique and that matchup, you just see Idaho play Montana. That's a game uh, that makes sense. So we'll take uh, a turn right now. We'll get to our interviews. First coming up, we'll have Keaton Gologly joining us, the voice of the Montana State Bobcats loaded with really great information if you want to get all set for this uh, really crucial matchup not only in the big sky but across the fcs that will take place in moscow on saturday this is one you'll want to uh, listen in closely to but with that we'll remind you that the vandal insider podcast is presented by inland orthopedic surgery and sports medicine clinic of moscow and pullman as the vandals team physician orthopedic surgeon dr kyle hazelwood cares for elite athletes weekend warriors and everyone in between Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Well, here is our conversation with the voice of the Montana State Bobcats, Keaton Gologli. Well, Keaton, we appreciate the time today, and we're looking forward to having you on the Palouse this weekend. Uh, Let's start right here. Uh, A pretty fresh victory for Montana State. Well, the Vandals were on a bye. Uh, So many eyes on what was going on at Hornet Stadium between the Bobcats and Sacramento State. Ended up being a Bobcat 42-30 win in front of that national audience. Uh, What's kind of your instant reaction to how that game unfolded for the Bobcats? Yeah, it was uh, it was a pretty wild game. Obviously, it was a very highly anticipated game. These two teams, eighteen and one in the Big Sky since the start of twenty twenty one, had played since twenty nineteen. So uh, it was exciting to just finally get an opportunity to see these two teams uh, together. But you know, this was an interesting game where you know Sac State had some of the momentum early. 
Uh, the Bobcats actually had a lot of adversity in this game. Uh, they had a number of injuries, and a number of injuries kind of occur in that first quarter. So, you know, the tight end slash fullback, Derek Snell, he got hurt during uh, pregame warmups, so he was unavailable, and he's a really big key cog in terms of their, their run scheme. So he was out. Uh, Danny Louis Lakepa, the leading tackler for Montana State, he went down on the very first defensive drive of the game. Uh, free safety Drew Polidor missed like a quarter and a half with an injury, but was able to find a way to come back. Uh, Nolan Askelson, the uh, sixth-year senior uh, linebacker, he also went down for a minute in the game and was able to come back. But while he was out, uh, the Cats gave up a long 50-plus uh, touchdown run to Elijah Tau Tolliver. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of a, a funky game. Just there was a lot of injuries. You just kind of saw it piling up. Cats were missing their nickelback, LaBelle Price Jr. as well. So kind of shallow at that position right now. But uh, they found a way to get it done. And it was the defense that really turned it around, even though they got they got banged up. It was the, that John Johnson interception, that pick six um, early in the second quarter. That was kind of the, the total game changer. Because at that point, you know, Sac State looked like they were having their way with the Bobcat defense. Montana State offense was kind of sputtering to kind of find their footing early. And it just felt like uh, Sac State was primed for a long drive there. And they were going to go up by two scores. It just it felt like they were they had an opportunity to grab, like control that game early. Um, but that pick six changed everything, tied the game up. And the Bobcats, uh, they were tight going into the second half and kind of felt like they got away with one of the first half. And then the second half just took over. And in the fourth quarter uh, alone, over 100 rushing yards and 21 points. So, yeah, it was uh, it was really it was a roller coaster ride of a game. And that is obviously a big victory. Sac State, a team the Vandals played this year. But I know looking at parts of the Montana State schedule, there's there seem to be some big stretches. It starts at the beginning of the year with the South Dakota State game and non-conference play. I'd imagine looking at before the season started that uh, this stretch taking on Sac State on the road, then Idaho on the road, obviously a big stretch. And then the end of the year always ends in a uh, you know, with a bang uh, for those teams in the state of Montana with the Bobcats and the Grizz meet up. Uh, let's talk the quarterback position because that really is a, a fascinating spot for Montana State. Uh, both quarterbacks really household names uh, for Big Sky fans. Tommy Malott, Sean Chambers. No, there's been some injuries there, but both guys back now. Uh, for Vandal fans who are you know not as you know, well-versed on the intricacies of when these guys play and the strengths of Bose. Uh, how would you describe this two-headed monster at quarterback for the Bobcats? Uh, yeah, how would I describe it? Uh, jazz music and classical music. Uh, <laughs> you know, Sean Chambers is the guy who just plays with the rhythm and plays, plays the beat of his own drum, obviously within the, the schemes of things. But, you know, he's a little bit more of the creative type and, and Tommy Malad is a little bit more of your analytic type. Um, you know, they're both, they're just different guys, you know, they're both different guys in terms of their personalities. Sean Chambers, a little bit more of the bruiser. He's a big dude, uh, has a huge arm. I mean, he's got some serious arm power and his accuracy has, uh, really taken another step this year. It's been fun to watch him go to work. Then from a lot, I mean, he's just insanely fast. Like Chambers is quick, but. I mean, there's just not many people around the country that are as quick as Tommy Mallott is. And he's just got such a great vision and a great feel for the game. Um, and his arm has been has been good. You know, he's always thrown a good kind of deep ball, like fade route. Um, but just having that accuracy on some of the more mid and uh, smaller uh, routes has been something that he's really worked on and continued to improve on. So, you know, they kind of just both have a slightly different set of skills. And, you know, the coaching staff usually goes in with the kind of a scripted plan early on how they want to use each of those two guys. Uh, there's usually a small package on how they want to use both of them on the field together. Uh, and then from there, they kind of just uh, read, read the room, you know, uh, who's who's hot, who's not, who got into a rhythm quicker. Uh, how do how do their skill sets match up with the opponents? And, and then it comes down to. Uh, a little bit of a, a look in the eye. You know, that's, that's kind of the way Brent Vegan described it on our radio show last week was as he's trying to decide, you know, what to do and, and how to deploy these two incredible weapons. Uh, it does sometimes just come down to the look in a guy's eye and, and how he decides what he wants to do in that third and fourth quarter. So, yeah, it's it's a unique situation and it feels like a one one in a million opportunity to watch these two guys uh, go to work and, and do what they're doing and and watch the way that they are able to work so well together. And, you know, we'll see how far it goes, but they both just put their body on the line so much that uh, to not have one uh, would really feel like you're very exposed, but then to have two feels like, you know, you got, it's an embarrassment of riches. 
It really has been extremely impressive to see the the results that they have put up in and the program as a whole. But we'll get into that uh, in a moment. Uh, the strengths for this team, obviously, you talk about the the versatility at the quarterback position. Uh, what else would you describe? I know it seems like just the uh, the size and the strength in the trenches seems to stand out. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, totally. I mean, this team's built on the offensive line. You know, Justice Perkins is a, a junior and a guy who. Uh, has taken over the center role and he's been incredibly durable and and is leading that flat role. Uh, Marcus Weir is on the right tackle position. He's a big guy who was hurt last year and he's been great. Omar Ibedian is the right guard. He's been able to start every game. This dude is a physical freak. It's 6'3", 308, and he can run. Like He's got some moves to him and he's got a heck of a motor. Uh, Rush Reimer was on one of those uh, All-American lists this week. Uh, he's a right. Uh, he's the left guard, and then they've got a freshman, Connor Moore, over at the the left uh, left tackle position, who's on the Jerry Ward uh, Jerry Ward watch list, uh, Jerry Rice Award watch list. Um, so yeah, that that offensive line has been tremendous, and there's a reason that they're averaging over seven yards per carry, which would uh, set a program record. Well, and this is I might be a tough question to answer within context of just how impressive a season it has been. But uh, would you say there have been weaknesses? I know it sounds like, as you've mentioned, the injury bug has bit the team lately. So that is maybe put them in a spot that uh, the depth is being tested. But has there been any weaknesses? I mean, there hasn't really been. Uh, a glaring weakness per se at this point, you know, uh, it, it's more been what anytime there's been a situation where you kind of run into a weakness type situation, it's typically because of something that's kind of been out of their control, like, like the injuries. And, you know, last year, one of the issues was, uh, the defense, you know, the defense was bend, but don't break. They did make some really big time plays at the end of ball games when they absolutely needed to. But the defense this year has taken some big time strides. And a lot of that starts with the free safety, Drew Polidor, uh, and his ability to cover. And so we've seen a lot of more creativity on the defensive side. We've seen a lot more blitzing. We've seen a lot more pressure um, and just creative pressure as well, be, uh, because we've also seen the the cornerbacks really do a nice job and stand out in terms of their man to man coverage this year. So, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it almost sounds a little arrogant to say I don't know that there's one specific uh, place where there has been a weakness. And we've seen a few missed field goals and a few missed point afters. But at the same time, when you look at just uh, the coverage and the return games and that sort of thing, Coaching staff will tell you they're further along in special teams this year than they were last year. So, you know, it's uh, it's just an ebb and flow. The wide receiver room took a little while to get going, but now that Ty McCullough is healthy after he had a hamstring injury in fall camp, uh, he's really elevated that room and he's making some pretty uh, making some pretty ridiculous catches in his first two weeks. And I know you all know pretty uh, know a lot about great wide receivers who can go up and grab the football, and Ty McCullough is right on par with those guys. So, uh, yeah, that wide receiver room was a little bit of a, a weakness early, but it, it's really it's come along now. So. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty complete team at this point right now. But of course, you know, just having a complete team doesn't get your hardware right off the bat. A reminder that today's Vandal Insider podcast is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. As the Vandals team physician, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood cares for elite athletes, weekend warriors, and everyone in between. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Again, breaking down this weekend's matchup for the Vandal football team against Montana State, the second-ranked Bobcats with the voice of the Bobcats, Keaton Gologli. And Keaton, let's look back at that game that really stands out from non-conference play. The team going to Brookings to take on South Dakota State ended up being a real tight one with the Jackrabbits winning. It was a crazy finish. There was a lot to that game. How do you look back on what was clearly the FCS non-conference matchup of the year. Yeah, kind of uh, twofold. There's some what ifs in there, and then there's also a, a kind of a pretty loud statement. So you know, when you look at at the the first three seasons here uh, under head coach Brent Began in his tenure, you know, they the the thing that has ended Bobcat season the last couple of years has been getting beaten by the Dakota State schools and getting beaten in the trenches in those games, and and it not really being very close. And the Bobcats came back this year, and that was the talk of the offseason for good reason. And regardless of what that final score was and how it ended, you know, the Bobcats in the trenches were toe-to-toe with South Dakota State the whole way. Neither of the teams dominated in the trenches. They each had great stretches. They each had big moments. But those were two equal sets on the offensive and defensive lines on both sides. So the Bobcats have finally elevated to meet where the Dakota State schools are in the trenches. So that was the biggest part. 
Now, the what ifs come down to, you know, Tommy Malak got hurt uh, on the first offensive drive midway through the third quarter in that game. Uh, so he w- went down and that kind of threw a bit of a wrench in the plans. You could see uh, that, you know, the offensive play calling in that game was building and then it had to take a left hand turn when that one happened. So Malak goes down. That's a big part of it. Uh, the other part of it was nine false starts for Montana State. Part of that's had a 19,000 fans there for South Dakota State, and they were tremendous. But nine false starts, including seven false starts in the red zone in that game. So that was a big, big mistake for Montana State in that contest. South Dakota State also did look like a week two team. They made some mistakes. They were definitely not in their rhythm yet. So they're definitely a better team right now, as is Montana State. And then the last bit of it was, you know, that was almost an incredible finish to that game with a potential walk-off touchdown catch by Cleveland Thomas Jr., you know, it was overturned. And I think, uh, you know, I think that was a, a play in the situation where you go back and look at it and it was very, very 50, 50. And, you know, a lot of times you need that definitive evidence. And I think the definitive evidence that they maybe saw was, uh, was questionable at best. And when you go really go back to it, the fact that it was called a touchdown on the field and the fact that the official was in perfect positioning, they were right down the line, they had a tremendous view and they called that a touchdown, uh, emphatically. I mean, right away does have you feeling like, you know, there's a little something there. So I know that was really frustrating for a lot of Bobcat fans, but you know, it is what it is. And you know, it was tough because they just didn't have a great angle. The handheld camera that they had uh, Roman sideline was on the other side of the field. And if there had been a better camera angle kind of down that backside of the, the, the touch, uh, the, you know, the end zone, uh, it, it might've been a little bit different, but either way, the Bobcats should have never been in that position where they needed to be, you know, making a play like that at the end of the game. They could, could have won that game by multiple scores if they had not made the mistakes they made, particularly in their fall start. So, you know, it is what it is, but at the end of the day, that wasn't going to make or break your season. It wasn't going to cost you any of the three goals that the Bobcats have every year, which is beat the Grizz, uh, win the Big Sky, and win a national championship in that order. So, you know, none of those things were off the table, and here they are sitting uh, sitting at number two in the nation with an opportunity to really uh, see what they're made of as they go through the the cream of the crop and the big sky. And they passed one test against the next state, but I know it's going to be a pretty dang big test this weekend. And I know the guys are going to be up for it. Well, that is just packed full of great information there. And uh, <laughs> you kind of, you mentioned where the program's at right now. And I think Idaho, you know, there's, there are the, the, the top tier FCS programs that the Vandals, you know, look at and are trying to emulate to, to, to get to that point. And the Vandals have done a, a heck of a job of elevating the program in uh, just under two years under Jason Eck. But uh, what has allowed Montana state? And I know you haven't been there for all of it from, from Jeff Cho to Brent vegan, but you've had a front row seat here during this really great stretch for the team, what has allowed the program to take this step forward where the balance of power within the state has shifted to Bozeman? And this is a team, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, that, you know, national championship aspirations. And I don't know if that's the expectation, but uh, no one would be surprised to see uh, the Bobcats there in Frisco and to to potentially win a title. And that would be a huge deal for the big sky. Yeah, so it's a pretty clear line on the way this is developed, and it's actually been really fascinating to understand and see. I think, first of all, Montana State is a clear, legitimate national championship contender, which is, I think, honestly, a really impressive thing, even to be able to say uh, accurately, because when you think about the last decade of this level of football, it has been North Dakota State and everybody else. There's, you know, There's been some pretenders that we can talk about for the sake of content, but nobody was coming close to matching North Dakota State and still South Dakota State did, you know, last year. So the fact that Montana State has proven that they can compete in the trenches with South Dakota State, that is a, an accomplishment in and of itself. I'm not going to show up in the media guide. I'm not going to, you know, put up a pennant for that. But the fact that they are there, I mean, that's huge. So that's uh, that's kind of where they are right now, and it's pretty cool to see. But when you go back to where Choate was, he got things moving in the right direction. Brent Vegan was kind of the right guy at the right time to step in and pick up where Choate was and where he left off and carry things forward. And so I think the reason that the program is where it is right now is, uh, A, we've seen guys develop. You know, the the next second and third level of guys has really continued to improve. The the level of play that that these guys are made, like the jump that they're making uh, from one year to the next has really stood out. And it's what the way they practice because they do double reps. So everybody on the field is taking reps the whole time during practice. Nobody stands on the sidelines. Everybody is taking reps. So, you know, we've seen guys develop. So that's part of it. Um, You know, and the other part of that is it creates the depth so that when you do have those injuries, you can absorb those blows. You know, the the Bobcats have had uh, sustained injuries to their top line running back, 
their number two running back and their their number uh, number three running back this year for extended periods of time. A lot of for that, a lot of teams that could sink a season. They had their quarterback number one, Tommy Mallott, go down for whatever it was, five games. That could sink a season. And we're seeing injuries on the defensive side pile up to some really key positions, and they still stood up against one of the best offenses against X State uh, this week. So. And I think the depth has really stood out. And then it comes down to recruiting. And, you know, the way that the, this program has been built is you recruit the Montana kids, you know, kids who are from Montana, you recruit them. And, you know, we see these guys who are staying here for four five and six years because they want to come play at Montana state. So they're recruiting the best athletes in Montana. And of course they're going up against, you know, the Grizzlies for that as well. But, you know, they're bringing those kids in, they buy in, they want to get better. They want to, be, you know, a part of Montana State. So we see that kind of lineage like build up with these Montana kids who want to come here and be podcasts. They don't want to come here and use it as a pseudo JUCO to go jump up to, you know, go play Mac football or go, you know, wherever it's some G5 or even a power five. And if you have an opportunity to go to a power five, by all means do. But, you know, we're not seeing those kids who want to go out and jump. They're coming here to play this level of football because this is what they want to do. So you know, the backbone of this program has been those Montana kids. It's been developing those Montana kids. And then it's filling in the gaps with some of these FBS transfers. And we see that with the running back in Julius Davis, who's leading the way. We see that in Sean Chambers. And we see that in wide receiver room in Ty McCullough and Cleveland Thomas Jr., who are from Colorado State and Kentucky, uh, respectively. So, yeah, it's been kind of all of that. And, you know, Brent Vegan leading this with a steady hand. And he's very much a, a CEO and and just preaches, hey, you know, uh, every week is the same in terms of our preparation, whether it's Stetson or it's Idaho, and you need to go about that. And that way you're not riding the wave or the week to weeks up and down and riding the wave quarter to quarter, game to game, or even play to play uh, roller coaster rides, which we saw firsthand in the game against X State. I think it was a real microcosm of where this program is handling adversity, going off their depth, and finding a way to win the football game by running the football. Well, the results speak for themselves. And Keaton, this has been fantastic. We really appreciate the time here. One question before we go. I like asking other broadcasters this because in this job, you and I get to learn all these great stories about players. And I know we're we're anxious to share them when we get to pick up these fun anecdotes. Do you have a favorite story or two about a player that you know might not show up in the game notes, but you learned about them and, and it kind of adds a little color, adds a little more flavor to things? Anything stand out when I ask you that? Yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot, you know, uh, Rylan Ort is, uh, is playing just all American level football at the strong safety position. And, uh, you know, he's a Missoula kid who flipped his whole family from Grizzly fans, uh, to now Bobcat fans, which is, uh, which is fun to see. Uh, you know, John Johnson is kind of top of mind. He had that crucial pick six, but, you know, he's a young man who is in his first year here transferring over from a Juco down in LA where he grew up. And, you know, he said he had to, uh, kind of grow up and just, you know, learn the time management type stuff, you know, the, the stuff that you have to learn once you graduate high school. And he really uh, elevated his game and and uh, and elevated his work ethic and how he goes about his business. And a lot of the reason he was able to do that uh, was because of his his older brother, who was a wide receiver at Fresno State. And his brother was the one who was kind of able to say, hey, look, you really want to go accomplish your goals, play Division One football and beyond. You know, here's what you have to do in terms of how you handle yourself in a day in day out basis. And uh, we're seeing it now and for him to come in and do what he's doing. It's uh, it's been pretty impressive to watch. So, you know, that's uh, kind of another one. And the other funny part too, uh, talking to him this week, and he's just top of mind because we had him on uh, our radio show this last week was uh, you know, he's a, uh, he's a bit of a trash talker in a good way. He's got a really, really high motor uh, when he's on the field, but he's also uh, a guy who's very quiet and soft-spoken when you're talking to him and interviewing him. And he said uh, uh, his style of trash talk technique uh, typically come, uh, from knowing what somebody else is going to do. And he basically will tell somebody, no wide receiver, I know you're going to make this move or that move. And I know because I've already prepped it. I've already seen everything on tape. There's nothing you can do that I haven't seen yet. And so it was just, it was cool to, to hear him talk about how uh, he uses his game film to, for as much excess of those as it is uh, for his trash talk style. And it's, it certainly works. He's got two interceptions in one of the, the biggest defensive plays of the year to this point. So uh, I think that would probably be one that's uh, just on top of my mind right now. Well, Saturday is going to be a very intriguing matchup at the P1FCU Kibbe Dome and uh, another great crowd expected uh, Saturday as well. Keaton, we look forward to having you here on the Palouse. We really appreciate the time. Uh, great information. Thanks so much. And we'll we'll see you here this weekend. Yeah, this is uh, this is what it's all about, where the rubber meets the road, man. I can't wait to have this game, uh, game going on on Saturday. 
The Vandal Insider Podcast is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Bosco in Pullman. Is the Vandal's team physician, orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Kyle Hazelwood, cares for elite athletes, weekend warriors, and everyone in between. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Well, from Vandal football to Vandal soccer, what an exciting time this is for the Vandal soccer team. They have won four straight to wrap up the regular season. They are the two seed as they'll return to action next on Friday, November 3rd in the Big Sky Tournament semifinals. They have a bye. They'll take on the winner of Portland State and Idaho State if they make it to the championship game. That will take place on Sunday, November 5th at noon Pacific time. And to talk more about the success for the Vandal soccer team and what's to come down in Flagstaff for the Big Sky Conference Tournament, we have such a treat to be joined by Alyssa Peters, senior defender, Washington native from Bremerton, along with Margot Schessler, the senior midfielder, Spokane native out of Mead High School. Here is our conversation with Alyssa and Margot. Well, listen, Margo, we really appreciate the time. And gosh, let's start right here. How much fun was this last weekend topping both Northern Colorado and NAU at home to wrap up the regular season? Margo, if you want to go first with that. Um, I can't really describe it. It was like, especially after the NAU game, that game had so much. It was It was a personal game, I'd say. So that feeling of just the last minute dramatics was something that, I I feel like you just had to be there to like really get the full scope of it and be there for the last year's games that we played against them also to really, truly feel it. But I, I don't think I've ever screamed louder in my <laughs> life than when the ball hit the back of the net. <laughs> so it was a really cool experience. Yeah. We always make it pretty dramatic with them too. Like last year we went to Flagstaff for the game and the conference and it was like a crossbar that bounced in and that was their goal that they won the game. And then obviously in the conference tournament last year with the PKs it was pretty dramatic. So we got to keep it going. <laughs> we yeah, are absolutely. Famous, of course. Vandal soccer lives for the dramatics. <laughs> Let's true. just say that. <laughs> That is the case. An absolute thriller at the P1 FCU Kibbe Dome. And kind of the cherry on top was that uh, Sunday was senior day. What was senior day like for both of you? Um, For us, I mean, it's obviously super like sentimental doing all the last with a lot of the other people because we're both coming back next year for our fifth year. So it was more of just like supporting everyone else and the ones who are leaving and getting them their lasts and just really enjoying the moments with everyone. And it was even better that we won. So, yeah. And it's just special. Like all of our families were all there. So getting to see all the families hanging out together and just like getting to know all the families a little more. I mean, since most of our class has been here since freshman year, so we're already pretty close with all the families, but so it's always super special when they can all come and we can spend time with them. Well, it's exciting to know that the both of you will be back next year and uh, just uh, <laughs> another great season to build on. And you, you talk mm-hmm. about that class. I'm curious to know more about that. You have this kind of core of seven that have been together all four years. What's it like having that nucleus able to grow and to experience all this success together? Honestly, it's I mean, it's pretty cool. We're the closest. We're keeping everyone together, you know. Um, other classes in the past haven't fully been the way we've done it. Like we came in COVID, which is obviously really hard, but we stuck together through that. And then our like connection just grew our like friendships. We brought in more players. So honestly, it's been pretty awesome to be with the same people all four years. Yeah. And I feel like it's just done a huge part in building up our program and like been a huge part of the success that we've had in the recent years it's just we've been able to build these relationships off the field and that has such a huge impact on what happens when we play. So, and we like me and Alyssa, like me and Lasher, like we've played together for so many years. Like we almost share one mind. Like I probably know what Alyssa's going to do before she even knows what she's going to do. Yeah. So that's we play just, on the same side. Yeah. So like, we just like kind of know each other's ins and outs on the yeah. field and off the field. So it's pretty awesome. That's outstanding, and uh, I know for the two of you, it's so great to see what you have been able to do statistically right at the tippy-top of the conference and assist per game, and that success, it really seems like the momentum is building here at the end of the regular season, having won these last four going into the conference tournament. Uh, 
What does it feel like when you have that momentum and it seems like the wind is at your sails going into what is the, the most important time of the year? It's it's a good feeling to know that we're hitting our peak at the right time. Last year, we, we've kind of talked about this like in the locker room after our, our last game that last year we kind of started out really, really strong. And then not that we like fell off at the end of the season, but we kind of hit a plateau. And I don't feel like we've hit that yet. We're still getting better every single day. Every single game we play, I feel like we're fixing some point that we needed to work on from the last one. So it's it's a good feeling to roll into the conference tournament with confidence that we know that we're getting better every single game that we play. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Well, and so just to set the stage for the conference tournament in Flagstaff, the Vandals as the two seed getting that by taking on the winner of the three six game between Portland State and Idaho State. But just to give everyone kind of the full picture of things on the other side of the bracket, Montana earning the number one seed and they will wait to play the winner of the four five matchup between Northern Arizona and Sac State. Uh, this is my final game for them will be played later on that Friday. Uh, Alyssa, we'll start right here. We've been kind of building up to this, the conference tournament. What's it going to take to go to Flagstaff and to make it a uh, a long and successful stay for the Vandals in the Big Sky Tournament? I mean, like you said, like we're building our momentum. We're really ready. We've been preparing all season for it. So, I mean, I think just us keeping um, each other accountable and pushing each other and just like really doing it for each other and the ones who aren't going to get to travel pushing like you know they're going to be w- with us too so it's like going to be exciting we're all going to be cheering for each other we all have great fans that are on our side too so i think i mean i think we're ready we got a whole week to prepare but i mean we're ready for it we're going to have a blast <laughs> like if we could play those games now i think we would all want to <laughs> i love it i love it well it will be here soon and uh maybe my next question uh uh, maybe if I ask you this in a, a week or two from now, it might be a different answer depending on how things go in Flagstaff. But I want to know about favorite moments from from the careers for both of you. I know there's been a, a lot of outstanding ones. And uh, uh, something we talked about your class, too, in establishing really a fantastic legacy, just the consistent success of the program in recent years. I know that's a big part of it. But, uh, uh, Margo, we'll start with you. Kind of favorite moments as of right now that stand out from your Vandal career? Um. I think I know what it is. <laughs> I I feel like the obvious answer for me is the two Montana games last year. <laughs> um, just we uh, there's always an unspoken rivalry between us and Montana. So being able to come out and step up in those big moments for my team and score two very important goals in those two games just was absolutely huge. And you know I don't think I'll ever forget the feeling that I had after those two games of. I'm like, oh my God, did I, did I really just score those two goals and one in the last minute of the game, one in overtime? So yeah, the, that, that, those two games have my, have my winner. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's been a, like a, a goal of mine the last couple of seasons. I really, really wanted to score in every coaches meeting I've ever had. I'm always like, I really want to score. Like I need to score. Like that's my like whole like thing right now. Like sure. Assist, assist. Yeah. I love it. But like, <laughs> I really wanted to score. And um, a couple games ago against Portland state, I finally scored. So it was pretty exciting there. Unfortunately we lost the game, but it was still, it was still um, I don't think I've exciting. ever seen our whole team like so happy for one person. Yeah. My little sister is a freshman. And so she cried on the sideline, which I thought was so sweet. I didn't even know it happened until later, but it was, it was pretty awesome. I love to hear the stars align like that. You have such an impact and just waiting for for that one moment, waiting mm-hmm. to score and uh, your sister on the team, everything else to for that to happen. And, uh, I know, Margaret, you mentioned that uh, that Montana game before. I don't think we're looking too far ahead, but as we kind of mentioned the bracket, who knows how things could unfold that that is a potential opponent in a obviously a very important game if things end up going that way. Uh, so just uh, something for Vandal fans to to keep in mind as uh, as the, the conference tournament is right around the corner. And uh, uh, last question for you here is I know you're both busy uh, getting ready to, to head down to Flagstaff. Uh, life uh, away from the P1FCU Kibbe Dome. Uh, what are you studying and what are you thinking about doing someday when, you're, when your playing career is over? Uh, Alyssa, we'll start with you. Yeah. Um, so my major is education and physical education. So I'd love to be a PE teacher or um, 
go into coaching myself soon doing some soccer um that's my plan right now so um I am majoring in medical sciences with a minor in biology so the end goal right now is med school (laughs) um getting in is the first battle so just trying to work on getting all my ducks in a row to sort that out so end goal is some sort of doctor what kind I'm not sure (laughs) how awesome for both of you and uh, it's exciting to know that uh whatever happens and all Vandal fans are keeping their fingers crossed and going to be cheering uh wherever they're at whether they're there in Arizona or watching on ESPN plus that it's a a very good trip to Flagstaff but uh, it's just so neat knowing that uh you've got this big conference tournament in front of both of you and the team but uh it's not the end of your Vandal careers as well and I know there's uh bright futures beyond that uh Thanks so much for the time today. This has been great. And uh, again, best of luck. Everyone will be cheering on uh, and watching wherever they're at for for what's going to happen in Flagstaff. Thank you. Thank you. Go Vandals, as always. (laughs) And the Vandal Insider Podcast is presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. When he's not caring for the Vandals, his team physician, orthopedic surgeon Dr. Kyle Hazelwood, provides the same MVP orthopedic care to our entire region. At Inland Orthopedics, our team is your team. Well, great hearing from those two outstanding representatives of the Vandal soccer team, Alyssa and Margot and Chris. It's going to be really fun to be following them along. The semifinals on Friday, and if that goes well, well, then Sunday, can't wait to see them uh, try to compete for that big sky championship. There's been a lot to be proud of for the Vandal soccer team, not only this year, but in recent years. And we talk about that class that Alyssa and Margot are part of. They have really done a fantastic job of creating a legacy here at Idaho. Absolutely. This team has been so incredible to watch. And you touched on, I mean, the senior class is, is so stacked. I mean, you don't want to say it's a win now because, you know, Clevenger has probably got this team more than ready to reload. But with the seniors we have, we have a really good shake at it. I mean, you, you had two great ones on. We still have Jaden Hanks. Uh, like, there's so many great players that are still on this team. And, you know, a back-to-back run at the tournament. It's down in Flagstaff. I wish it was in Greeley like last year because we'll be playing in Greeley that weekend. But uh, it's going to be fun to tune in and watch. I guess for me, who's someone who doesn't travel with the football team, it's it's going to give me something fun to kind of pay attention to Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So hopefully everybody else tunes in next weekend when those, those girls are playing because uh, – I, I remember watching the NAU game last year. We had a handful of us after the football game, and uh, we were in the corner club streaming it on a laptop and uh, got a bunch of people around watching it. And I think uh, some people are really excited to see what Vandal soccer could do, and we want to see them make the NCAAs. Yeah, they've won four straight. They've got that momentum. No better time for it. Uh, it's going to be really exciting to uh, follow and see how they end up doing. And just uh, wrapping up the thoughts on the matchup at the P1FCU Kibbe Dome this weekend, Chris, it is number two Montana State taking on number nine Idaho. Keaton Gologly had just packed full of really good info from the Montana State perspective. And it, it will be interesting to see. This is a team that has been close. They have been building towards this, and uh, I don't want to say it's championship or bust in Bozeman, but it might be close, and you, you see that North Dakota State has taken a step back this year. Obviously, South Dakota State is a power to be reckoned with, but those two matched up in Brookings in non-conference play, and it went right down to the wire. Montana State, as Keaton talked about, felt like uh, uh, they could have had that game, so it's one of those matchups, it feels like, from the Vandal point of view, that it's a, it's a major challenge but what an opportunity this could be if Saturday goes well. Oh, 100%. I remember listening to uh, Sam Herter's podcast last week we had on earlier in the uh, season, and he was talking about how it was one of those games where he was you know, kind of covering the Bobcats and how well they're doing. If you're a Bobcat fan, you look back on that very early matchup they already had against South Dakota State, and you go, we probably should have won that. Not even taking the fact that there was a, what was, was considered a controversial call. I think they got it right on the field. but. They have that. They were in Brookings early season. Running backs were out. So I think they look at that and go, oh, yeah, we're clicking now. Neutral site. We could take down the South Dakota State Jackrabbits, which seem to be the clear number one because North Dakota State, as you mentioned, seems like they've taken it back out of the way. Idaho's kind of elevated. So this is going to be a huge test this weekend. But 
Yeah, for the Bobcats, I was there back when they made it in 2021, I believe it was. I was down there in Frisco, and I'm watching them kind of get pushed around by North Dakota State. Uh, I believe it was Brett Vegan's first go at it. It's crazy to see what he was able to really capitalize on the momentum choke had started at the Montana State and really grow it into you know, a perennial power and a team that you're right. South Dakota State got their first championship last year, and it feels like Montana State is now that South Dakota State team from a couple of years ago that was always so close but couldn't quite get over the hump, and then they got over the hump, and now it feels like Montana State is kind of that team that's really maybe that frisky one where if they got one more shot at South Dakota State in Frisco or depending on how this game goes in the seating, maybe in the semis or quarters, they have a puncher's chance against the South Dakota State Jackrabbits that's what's going to make this game so much fun from a Vandal perspective is as kind of the newer kids on the block in this perennial power Frisco contenders, we'll really get to see where we match up on this one. We're coming off of a bye. Uh, you know, we, we got our reset with the Montana loss. This is going to be a huge litmus test for this team on, you know, are we actual title contenders this year? Or are we still maybe a year away? It'd be a big statement, and even with that, uh, even if Montana State gets the victory, those three games left to go, and uh, if the Vandals could finish strong, despite uh, if uh, if Saturday goes uh, the Bobcats' direction, uh, still could be set up uh, nicely for the playoffs, just depending on how things shake out. That's what makes it so intriguing. There's just uh, so much uh, yet to be determined. And Chris, before we uh, we call it an episode here, uh, any last thoughts, anything else you want to touch on before we wrap things up? Yeah, you know, Chris, we're running our Idaho Impact right now. Idaho is an I Donate 100 in October. It runs through October. So obviously by next week when we're recording, you're basically out of time. You might not catch the episode in time to donate. So I just want to give one last plug to that. All the money goes to this, the student athletes. We're trying to raise 75000 uh, For example, that's about three scholarships and some books for your favorite student athlete. So um, there's going to be a link for the pod or in the podcast description on how to go. You donate a hundred dollars, you get an exclusive donor gift. We see these hats and stuff that we give out every year, and people go, "Oh, I really want that one." This is the only time you can get it. We literally take whoever bought them, we print that many, and we ship them out. So uh, you're going to want this hat. Check it out. Uh, Chris is going to plug it down in the podcast description. Just uh, goes to a great cause, helps pay for your student athletes' education. Sounds great. And as you said, we'll have that link in the podcast description. Excellent stuff as always. Looking forward to this weekend. Plenty to be excited about. Can't wait to be uh, amongst the sea of Vandal fans in a packed dome once again this weekend. Chris, thanks so much. And uh, we'll be chatting here before we know it. Go Vandals. Again, a thank you not only to Chris Hammond, but to all of our guests here on this episode, Keaton Galogli, Alyssa Peters, and Margot Schessler. I'm Chris King signing off. This has been the Vandal Insider Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and V's up. This has been the Vandal Insider Podcast, presented by Inland Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine Clinic of Moscow and Pullman. Let the team that takes care of the Vandals take care of you. Get the latest information on University of Idaho athletics you won't find anywhere else with the Vandal Insider Podcast. From in-depth conversations to game previews, the Vandal Insider is every fan's source for all things Idaho athletics.